testimonies on how this radio station has impacted your life. Maybe a program you heard helped to turn your marriage around, offered some insight on being a better parent, or taught you principles that revolutionized your prayer life. What I like most about uh, Dr. David Jeremiah is how he takes scripture and applies it. The message was about outreaching and how we should be bold and strong about sharing our faith. First, download the Truth app to your phone, the App Store if you have an iPhone, the Google Play Store if you have an Android. Then open the app and tap the small microphone at the bottom and tell us how this radio ministry has touched your life. Over the next few days, you might hear yourself on the radio, so be sure to have your friends at church listen. And thanks for sharing your story and shouting us out on WTRJ The Truth. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. You can look for love in a lot of places and end up disappointed. Billy Graham knew the source of perfect love. The Bible teaches that God is love. Forever and ever and ever, God loves you. And if you don't remember anything I say tonight, remember one thing, God loves you. How can you find that love? By turning your life over to Jesus Christ. God will put his arms around you tonight and love you and tenderly whisper in your ear that your sins are forgiven because of Christ. We'd love to help you discover more about God's love for you. Call this number anytime, 888-388-2683. Someone is ready to talk with you and pray with you right now. 888-388-2683. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Wednesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th. And I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Sitting in for Brad, my cohort here is uh brian andrew brian thank you for filling in for brad pulling up his lightweight work (laughs) absolutely glad to be here it's been a while since you and i've been in the booth together doug it has it's been a while you've been on here a couple of times but just not with me so i'm i'm glad to have this opportunity to be here with you and uh i uh you know i i always enjoy talking to you you and i have had the opportunity you went to israel with me yes and we've known each other for quite a while and had a lot of good theological conversations. And so it's important to me that, you know, we just don't fill airtime when we come on the air. We we really want to make sure that when we're talking, especially Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but every day really, but Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is the day we get into the text. And, and we're usually discussing um, the text that I'm teaching and SWAT or that I taught last week and Brian, I'm, uh, very, very comfortable with you. Cause I know you study the word, you 
know the word and that that always gives me a great comfort level to have you in here so thank you and i appreciate your inspiration your passion for the men in this uh, jacksonville community especially well it's 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 my pleasure you know uh, one of the things we do during the first segment is usually talk about uh things going on in our culture and uh it was interesting today because i was I don't, I don't know how much you keep up with uh Al Mohler's The Briefing. It's a pretty good Oh, podcast. I listened to it this morning. Oh, you did? I did. Absolutely. So did you hear what he said about that article the lady wrote on singleness and the benefits of singleness and uh, trying to, uh, well, basically complaining because marriage gives benefits that being single doesn't. I missed that part. Uh, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I passed failed that Wait, pop quiz, you but must, I did. I did listen to it. Yeah, you maybe the wrong episode. Okay. Well, no. Yeah. Well, he was on. That was today's episode, okay. and he was talking um, just about how uh, marriage brings benefits to it, like financial benefits and other benefits. And now they're starting to say, you know, maybe you know everybody ought to get marriage rights. Like there should be no special rights for people that are married because really it's not even that important anymore. Oh, wow. And and that was kind of the, the tone, uh, you know, the, it, she, the writer says rather than being a forever commitment, marriage is typically just a temporary status anyway of adulthood mm. uh, with the current median age. Listen to this, a first marriage at, 30 for men and 28 for women. Wow. That is really mind-blowing when you stop and think about our culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says many Americans are unmarried for upwards almost of a decade of adulthood before coming to the altar. And, um, and, And then more and more couples are divorcing later in life. They said, this is her take. Yeah. And in marriages that last, one spouse often outlives the other, um, you know, and so the bottom line is we need to sideline marriages as the legal institution of reference for American. It's outdated. We've outgrown it. That's our bottom line. Unbelievable. Another attack on Judeo-Christian values. And it's amazing how these alliances come together. We're going to get into some alliances in a minute, but to destroy the fabric of uh, what's made this a great nation, American values, family values, biblical values, right? Yeah, and here's the thing, that the the marriage is the base relationship of the community cell, the cell of a community, right? Yes, it is. The biblical yep. Judeo-Christian community, marriage is a cell. It doesn't mean that people can be sing- can't be single. They right. can be. right. But God said, be fruitful and multiply. Yes. That was a command he gave at the beginning. Yeah. And a man and uh, and woman come together and become one. We've made it into a social contract. That's what we've done with it. That's right. But it's not what God intended from the beginning. No, it was a covenant. And a covenant, Mm -hmm. as we know, far different than a contract. Yes. And so um, basically... She, she, her big point is, she said, because all these rights you get, and um, she ends up arguing uh, that marriage needs to be expanded in terms of privileged understanding to other relationships, but extended just to single people too, the same benefits, and um, uh, th- there is 
there was that benefit that was given because it was so important to the culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what happens when you don't have that fabric of the culture? Well, right. you start to see chaos. You start to see right. uh, lots of single moms with young kids. And listen, it's not the mom's fault a lot of times. Yeah. But there is no question that if kids have a mother and father, yes, they're much more likely to end up with good values more than likely that they don't have the emotional issues. It doesn't mean that God can't give special grace that he can't do that. And my heart goes out to the single moms out there. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough it in our really culture. Is. It's sure. tough with two parents now. Yeah. But I just was struck by that, that it, you, that this article's coming out now. And it's just like you said, another attack on the family what we would call the judeo-christian family mm-hmm. right? and it comes on the heels of uh, the catholic church's pronouncement too right oh yeah and that was another thing that just continues to baffle me how the churches uh whether it's catholic baptist protestant i mean like like there there are a lot of issues with some denominations let's just we'll yeah. leave it at that right, right. now and we're not going to go down that road because that's a that's a whole we could do we could do a week of worth of programs on that but the bottom line is when you start deviating from truth mm-hmm. which they've done yes um we talked about some of that today in the in the study that you just it's a pandora's box so if you pick and choose which truth you like from the Bible and discount others, then how do you distinguish between which truth you discount and which truth you don't? Who decides that? Right, right. The Pope? I, the yeah. Pope because he's yeah. infallible? Yeah. Well, when the infallible Pope starts to say he's going to bless same-sex unions, that's a problem. Yes, I agree. <laughs> that's I, a big no, problem. I, I, I agree. And— and like you say, we can't judge the Bible by reducing the number of inconvenient truths. There's truths in there. It may be inconvenient for some people because that's not what they wanted. They wanted to do something else, but it's still truth. Absolutely, it's truth. And so um, the, the, the thing about this article on marriage is it comes out today on what? On, on Valentine's Day, which was Valentine's Day— by the way, uh, when you when you think about um, believers, you you think about people that call themselves Christians. Right. Um, the only context for you and me as believers to have romantic love is in the context of marriage or yeah. somebody that That's we right. are going to marry. Right. Yeah. Um, when you think about that. Uh, there, there isn't an, uh, now the world has a different viewpoint. <laughs> if you're out there, we're operating in a worldly, uh, mindset, then you, you know, you can be with as many women as you want or as many mm-hmm. men as you want. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't, uh, restrict yourself as one man in one flesh, Yeah, but that's not the intent of what God said in his word. And that's why the current culture we have with the current rulings that we've experienced uh, create uh, such a, a backlash for people who have the views you and I have and other people, our listeners, mm-hmm. a lot of them have. 
is that when we hold to the Judeo-Christian values of a, what a, a biblical marriage is, one right. man and one woman monogamous, right? the ideal is life. Yeah. Um, that that doesn't float well in our culture, does it? No, that's our culture that's rebelling and looking for uh, ways to destroy, you know, values, as you say. It's a reminder to me, too, particularly on Valentine's Day, that if you're out there and you're married, right, mm-hmm. uh, that your your marriage is a witness for other believers mm-hmm. and non-believers particularly, right? And, yes. And how you endure hardship, how you uh, support each other and 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 live out that covenant um, with um, with your wife, despite well, tough times, right? Yeah. Well, they. I don't know if you saw this stat that came out yesterday that um, this year. By the way, one of the things that made me even think to look at this is Lori and I went out. Our girls were supposed to bring. Um, we're supposed to bring Valentine's to school today. You know, they go to North Florida School for Special okay. Education. Yeah. So we go to to a store last night a box store mm-hmm. they don't have anything ah. then we go to Publix; they uh-huh. don't have anything and i'm like what is going on oh yeah we're sold out they people spent in the u.s 25 billion dollars on valentine wow 25 billion dollars wow, i can't even <laughs> soak that up my Think my my that. yeah uh and so and Fourteen billion they estimate were spent on significant others, not mm-hmm. your marriage partner, not your yeah. lifelong partner. Um, and uh, anyway, they they're even having they said Galentine parties. Have you heard that phrase? I have not. No, a Galentine party is for women who aren't in a romantic relationship, so they just get together and talk about, I guess love you know okay uh and so and then pf chang's offered free dumplings Hmm. keyword being dump for anybody who'd recently dumped can you imagine that (laughs) no i can't so anyway uh also uh for those people out there that celebrate lent today was ash wednesday i saw a lot of people with ashes on their forehead yeah um, a lot of people will uh, wear crosses that are in ash on their forehead, and you see that. And uh, again, is there anything wrong with that? No, uh, not necessarily. But Jesus cares a lot more about your heart than what you display sure. on the outside, yeah. no matter where it is. Of course. And right. and so there's a lot of people that I've seen that with crosses on their head that could care less about him but they it's a religious ritual or, which does nothing or, or tradition yeah and, it's a tradition talk about some traditions here too yeah nothing mm-hmm. yeah for you spiritually yeah um if you're not walking with him so um anyway well i am really glad that you're here today real quick before we go to our first break saturday on February 24th, so a week from this Saturday. Not okay. this coming up Saturday, yep. but the following Saturday is the Iron Sharpens Iron um, event here in Jacksonville. It is at Mandarin Presbyterian. For all you SWAT guys out there, you use the SWAT discount code. You can go to ironsharpensiron.net 
Use SWAT for the discount code, and you get the discount on that uh, ticket to go to that. There's 16 different seminars. They have two keynotes. They're always good events. Usually three to 500 guys come to them. So uh, highly recommend that. That's Saturday, February 24th. Brian Doyle will be there. Kent Bevel, Ken Bevel, and Phil Hopper and some others will be speaking. So um, for more information, go to ironsharpensiron.net. We'll be right back as we get into Mark chapter 3, verses 7 to 21. We're going to finish up that today. Um, Stay tuned to SWAT Radio, and we'll be right back after this break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The floor. Florida, Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. I've been held by Savior. Hey, welcome back to uh, SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder. Um, and I always like to hear some of the songs he sings. They're, they're very good. But uh, we are uh, jumping back into Mark chapter 3. In fact, we're finishing up um, this this week's look at Mark 3, 7 to 21. We've been looking at this idea of uh, a Messiah who's in control. Jesus was never not in control. Even when people thought he was not in control, he was in control. He willingly gave his life. He willingly suffered. There was never a time where he was surprised by what was going on. Now, that doesn't mean that in the garden he didn't pray, Lord, take this cup from me. Sure, sure. Well, when you say that, uh, here's why I agree with that statement. He was always in control because he was within the will of the Father. He always wanted to do the Father's will, mm-hmm. and he was led by the Spirit 24-7. Yeah, that's right. 
mm-hmm. 24-7. He is a walking picture of us yeah. or for us of what it means to, to be led by the Spirit 24-7. I, every time I say that, I, I just jump back to Mark one thirty five, where he'd been having this great day of ministry in Capernaum, and he went away to pray. And the disciples are yeah. looking for him yeah. frantically. They're going, right. hey, all right, this is it. Yes. He's doing miracles and casting out demons, and everybody's looking for him. And he says, okay, we got to leave. And they go, what? what? Everybody's looking for you. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, uh-huh. we got to go to other towns. And the word used for towns there is an unwalled village. Mm-hmm. So it's not even an important town. Yeah, yeah. And and so he was always led by the Spirit. And so we, uh, we're we looking at... Uh, today really verses 13 through 21 and yesterday we looked at um, how his word controls his revelation monday we looked at how his works confirm his deity as messiah because the the thing is there were 300 prophecies about his coming john the baptist announced his coming he cleared the way for him he Mm -hmm. he made the path straight for him baptized him uh, the the Holy Spirit uh, descended on him like a dove. The Father said, this is my son. There were so many affirmations. Yes. But the most demonstrable for everybody was those miracles he was doing, healing right. a leper, healing a paralytic, yeah. casting out demons. And his works confirmed his deity. And then um, we saw when he was in the presence of the demons – they cried out, you are the son of God. And one of the reasons they cried out is it was believed back in that time that that if a demon said your name, they controlled you. Mm. And Jesus told them to be quiet. He mm-hmm. strictly ordered them not to make him known. Yeah, And we talked about that yesterday, how God doesn't entrust his message to demons or false teachers doesn't mean they won't try right. to use his name yeah. and invoke it. And uh, I had yesterday, David Gray read Matthew eleven twenty seven, where it, it basically says the only people that Jesus reveals or that right. God that knows about God, the father and connects with God, the father is those who Jesus chooses to reveal to. Mm-hmm. And, and the father's progressive rant of uh, excuse progressive plan for revelation. You know, the demons are trying to disrupt that and get it all out there too quickly and foul up the yeah. timeline in the ministry. And th- that's what they're part yeah. of what I think yeah, they're, they, to do. they're not doing. It's not a positive thing. What they're no, doing. They're not Jesus. honoring him when they no. say, yeah. and Jesus, um, Jesus just puts that to rest because his word controls his revelation. And and today we see how his will as Messiah chooses his disciples. This is probably one of my favorite parts of this message. And the reason is because Jesus took 12 nobodies. Yes, right. And you, you've been to Israel with me. I have. You've seen Scythopolis, that big city that mm-hmm. he would have walked through going yeah. to yeah. Jerusalem. Right. The most educated people in that region were in that city. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He takes five guys from a little fishing village named Bethsaida. Yeah. Got five nobodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys that grew up that flunked out of rabbi school. Right. And he says, you will be my disciples. 
then that's how people will know. That's how people know. Jesus was up all night praying on the rabbi's mountain. Yes. And he was praying. And then he goes and he calls those, it says, whom he desired. Now, what's interesting about being on the mountain here is when Moses got the law, he went up on a mountain. God called him up. Right. Now, Jesus bringing his new covenant message, the message of forgiveness, the message of of his kingdom reign. He's going to have 12 ambassadors. They're called apostles. And it says he appointed them in verse 14. Two, two quick things about 13 and 14. It says those whom he desired and those he appointed. He appointed 12. There were 12 tribes. He appointed 12 apostles that they might be with him. And that's very significant that that they might be mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. We talk about uh, Hebrew discipleship, and I know um, you have heard it pounded by me, yeah. this idea of how different Western discipleship is from Hebrew discipleship. Brian, you, you had the experience of, of being discipled before you and I ever knew each other and before we ever yes. talked about the Hebrew right. discipleship. Talk a little bit about how that changed your perspective to hear mm-hmm. about the community around the word with a mm-hmm. passion to be like him. How did that impact you as compared to what you previously had viewed discipleship as? Oh, happy to. So if we wind the clock back to say the, in my case, late eighties, uh, spoiler alert, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not under 60 anymore. Um, <laughs> the, um, um, the men's ministry started blossoming, you know, and Pat Morley with his book, man in the mirror busted open. And then we had uh, promise keepers and a few other things that said, wow, this window's open for men's ministry to change Doug, the paradigm for how our dads grew up, which was you go to church on Sunday, you go to Sunday school, and then, you know, you're, you're doing the best that you can, but to see men rub up next to each other. And so I was in Tallahassee at the time, and some men that loved Jesus that were older than me would organize once a year a four-day uh, retreat. And, you know, probably 13 years out of maybe 15 uh, or so, I would go to this retreat. And sometimes it would be uncomfortable. You know, little kids at home, and my wife was trying to be understanding, but there were just times that those kids would drive her nuts. And But those relationships that we built, the authentic men that were around, really helped shape me. One of those speakers was Pat Morley, and I got the first edition of his book and, you know, still have it, you know, but, but I had a yearning to understand that, that there's a, there's a need for other men to, to be drawn back to the scripture. And, you know, if I think about, and we'll get into it in a minute, Andrew and Philip and how they wanted to introduce people. It just so happens that my last name is Andrew. My middle name is spelled exactly Philip the way it is here in the book, right? And, and I get excited about trying to point other people, you know, to Jesus. Um, so I would say I was infected by that movement in a good way, and it helped me see that I could have conversations other than Sunday with other men and just simply say, you know, how's your, how's your, 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 your faith walk coming along or something like that? And I remember the first time I was asked that question, it made me feel uncomfortable, like, dude, you're probing a little bit, but that's because I wasn't in this new model of men rubbing against men, 
which as you're pointing out would be more like the uh, the Jewish model where less structure it wasn't only on synagogue you yeah know, Saturday yeah right? well 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 even for me a lot of what I view discipleship was was to know what my teacher knew mm. not necessarily to be like my teacher yeah I just wanted to know what they knew and in fact the word mathates which is the Greek word for disciple means learner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we tend to think of learning as getting information in our head for right. the Jewish person. Yeah. The word was tell me or tell me plural. Oh. And it was this idea of coming into community around the word of God, that the, the central cohesive part of that community was the word of God. Yes. And the passion that you had was to be like your teacher, not just yeah. to know what he knew. Yeah but to be like him. Have and, his dust upon you when you walk behind yes. him, right? And and that's why in this verse, verse 14, where it says that they might be with him, they lived with him. They were with him mm-hmm. 24-7, right? Yeah. yeah. And that that's the whole idea of the Jewish discipleship. And if you remember in Acts 4.13, when the disciples are arrested over there in Acts 4, what did the leader say? Hey, these are uneducated, common men, but they recognized they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. What a testimony. Yeah, right. right. Well, wow. These are uneducated men, but they had been with Jesus. Yes. Exactly why Jesus called them. And so he sent them out to preach. And, you know, in Matthew 28, 20, he says, all that I've commanded you, go teach all this stuff. And so when we come back, we're going to look at what did they preach? What did they teach? Um, Because, you know, and by the way, these men didn't earn this. There was nothing they did that made them more special. Right. Jesus called them and enabled them to be these 12 that are responsible for the message going out, responsible for the eyewitness accounts we have in the New Testament. And uh, we're here today talking about them 2,000 years later because of their faithfulness. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, we're going to be right back after the news. we got the news break on the half hour. You're listening to SWAT Radio. If you want to go back and listen to this this program or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Uh, We'll be right back after the news with more from Mark Chapter 3. We hope you'll stay tuned. SRN News, I'm John Scott. Three Washington, D.C. officers have been shot while attempting to serve an arrest warrant for animal cruelty. The injuries are not life-threatening. The suspect remains barricaded inside a home and has continued to fire at authorities. Several roads have been closed in the southeast portion of Washington. Select Committee on China Chairman Mike Gallagher says he supports the foreign aid bill with It's help for Ukraine and Israel, but especially for Taiwan. If deterrence fails or breaks down, 
across the Taiwan Strait, like it has in Eastern Europe, like it has in the Middle East, it will be a nightmare. Congressman Gallagher was a guest on Salem Radio Network's Hugh Hewitt Show. Meanwhile, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is urging the House to take action soon on the aid package. Bob Agnew reports. In a media interview, McConnell called on House Speaker Mike Johnson to allow a vote on the aid package. McConnell tried to avoid crossing too far out of his own lane, saying he would not be, quote, so presumptuous as to tell him how to do it. Johnson has called for border protections to be added back into the bill, a prospect immediately rejected by Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer. Bob Agnew reporting. Also at SRNews.com, New York Democrat Tom Suozzi winning a special election for the House seat formerly held by George Santos. Suozzi defeating Republican Mozzie Pillow. A Georgia judge scheduling a hearing today on a motion to prohibit Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from continuing to pursue her election interference case against former President Trump and others. A defense attorney in the case argued in a court filing last month that a romantic relationship between Willis and Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade disqualifies them both. The Dow ahead 82 points. The Nasdaq is up 128. This is SRN News. The American playwright Samuel Berman said that there are two kinds of people in our lives. There are the people who keep us waiting and the people who have to wait on us. Everyone in life is waiting on someone or something. And Christians are waiting on both. They are waiting on the second coming of Christ and the establishment of his kingdom on this earth. The Apostle Peter predicted there would be scoffers in the last days who say that Christians are waiting on nothing, that Jesus isn't going to return. But I'd rather be waiting on him to return than have him waiting on me to believe. And this is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's patience on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 northbound before Kings Road. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on I-95 northbound before Adams Street. And there's planned construction on Atlantic Boulevard westbound at Art Museum Drive blocking the left lane. Mostly clear tonight, low 47, Thursday mostly sunny, high 75. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. There is good news for the captive. Every time I hear that now, the good news is mm. the euangelion. <laughs> just yes, in my mind, is. I say yeah. that, you know, um, which is an important part. If you're just tuning into SWAT radio and you're listening to us talk about Mark chapter three, the, the word euangelion is the Greek word used in the New Testament for good news or gospel. And it means a king has been born, a king has been crowned, or a king. King has won a great military victory. That was the only time that phrase was used, that word was used. 
And it really makes a huge difference to have that lens through which you see that word in scripture. It does. And uh, the king is here too, you know, with that, you know, he's established his reign and he is here. With yeah. Us, right? He says the kingdom yeah. is now, right? Yeah, the kingdom correct. is here. Well, what did he, G- Jesus sent out these 12. He, he sent them out and, um, you know, in verse 14, it says that um, uh, he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. And uh, he, uh, he named them apostles. And that's significant. We'll talk about that in just a second. But what did they preach? Well, first of all, their message was the king has come. Mm-hmm. They didn't go out saying your sins are forgiven. They were saying the king right. has come. Yep. They said this is his message. And they called people to repentance, to belief, and to follow. And they weren't calling people just to turn away from a particular type of sin. They were calling people to turn away in their mind, to have a different mindset about their independence from the creator God. Yeah. And that this is Jesus. Jesus is here. He's the king. You need to turn away from being independent of God's rule allow yourself to believe in his Messiah and let that Messiah rule over you. You follow yeah. him, yeah. right? A, and new, it, a new era, a new kingdom is being established here, spiritual. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and they were authenticated with miracles. And, uh, you know, only three times in scripture did God use supernatural events to authenticate his messengers Every time was a different era. Mm-hmm. One was Moses and Joshua, yeah. and that was the era of the law, the coming of the law. Right. Then there was Elijah and Elisha, and that was the prophets calling God's people back. They were really the mm-hmm. first major prophets. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, yes. Ezekiel, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Jonah. Yeah. Yep. How many of those guys did miracles brian mm-hmm. i'm i'm struggling i can't think none of, of them yeah yeah elijah and elisha did miracles yes they did all right but it was they ushered it in and they were calling the nation back to god's word because they had been rebellious and then you have 400 years of silence after malachi right and jesus and his apostles come on the scene to bring in the new covenant and they're doing miracles to authenticate that they are messengers of God. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And And JTB is redirecting all of his disciples that go go follow him. He's the one I'm not worthy to untie. Yeah. For for some of you out there, JTB is John the Baptist, John (laughs) the Baptist, by the way, he didn't know, he did no miracles. Correct. You know, and there's a, a lot of books written in our country. There's a lot of false teaching that you have to have a miracle for somebody to be led to Christ. They call it power evangelism. Hmm. No, it doesn't say no. in scripture that they are led to Christ through a miracle. No. They are led to Christ by the preaching of the word is what Romans says. And the hearing the hearing of the word that is preached Mm-hmm. And these men were sent out to preach the word. And and so they were apostles. And, you know, 
Brian, if you drive around town here or you go to other places, you'll see apostle so-and-so coming to speak. Yeah. We all are little a apostles yes. sent by God to go yeah. do his work. Yes. But there were only uh, a few big a apostles. Right. They were the 12. Uh, Judas did miracles as he represented Jesus, even though he was a unbeliever, mm-hmm. he still had a purpose and God used him. There was Matthias who replaced him and there was yeah. Paul, the apostle. Yeah. And so every apostle was a disciple, but not every disciple was an apostle. Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned in the break, yeah. weren't there lots of disciples that were following? Yes, there were quite a few. Yeah. He sent out 70, and then mm-hmm. there was like 120 on the day of Pentecost. Every person who follows Jesus and is a believer is a disciple. Yeah. In other words, uh, you can be a learner without being a believer, but you can't be a believer without being a disciple. That's right. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least you're in disobedience, yeah. right? Sure. When you do that. And so Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them and obey all that I command. So the Greek word, like I said, for um, disciple is learner. And it was kind of used as a synonym a lot of times for believer. And so when, um, like, for instance, in Acts chapter 6, it says, in those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, they're talking about believers there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But apostle means one who is sent. It's like an uh, emissary, an ambassador, a mm-hmm. special envoy. Mm-hmm. And the 12 were sent on a special mission. They were Jesus' envoys to take his message. They were authenticated with miracles. Um and, and there were others who were not part of the original 12, like I said, Matthias and Paul, and even Paulos, but they believed Apollos functioned under Paul's authority there. Right, right. And, um, and so, so these men were the sent ones, and they, they had a specific task, um, but there are no big A apostles today. Um, in that special sense of the word, yes, um, because they had a special task at the founding of the church. Although a lot of people use that term today, um, they use it to refer to somebody who might be uh, a missionary or somebody who's a church planner, you know, an, an apostle. But they don't meet that qualification of an apostle back then. Um, and so that was very specific. So let's look at the names real quick. In verses 16 through 18, or 19, we see the names. Simon Peter, James and John, son of Zebedee, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanian, which was Simon the Zealot. He's also known as Simon the Zealot in Judas. These were the men God entrusted to be his special envoys, these 12. And when you look at them, they were just ordinary guys. In yeah. fact, you yeah. you made the comment in the break, Yeah, I don't know anything about these guys because nothing's known about right, them. Right, right. And they're almost in rank order, or it seems to be, in terms of their importance or cl- closeness to, to Jesus, too. Or their, and, and it 
the Gospels would reflect that, generally speaking. Well, all of yeah. them have kind of the same order. Every time they're in groups of four, yes. right. usually it's, it's it's Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, the first yeah. group. Yeah. And then the second group is is always uh, uh, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas. Right. And yep. then uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas are last. And Judas Ju- is always he last. brings up the rear, right. And a little pop quiz for the audience, if I could, on the air here. So the list of disciples and apostles now, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and what other book are you going to say out there? What other book? Acts. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and because we've been listening to SWAT radio and we went through Acts, it took us about, what, 18 years or 18 yeah, months, no, it took a like long that. time to go through it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but but that was, that's why... Uh, so, so you're right. This is consistent. It's important. That's why you'd have it documented four times in, in God's word. Yeah. Hey, here's a quick question for you. When, when you leave to go out of town somewhere and you're going to be gone for an extended period of time, do you ever leave your keys with anybody to your house in case something happens? Or do you have people in your neighborhood uh, that you leave keys to? Uh, generally not. We tried that and then realized the key had been <laughs> lost a long time. So before. you didn't trust, you so, don't trust anybody. So, we, so what we do now is if we have to, we call and we go, here's the garage door. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, know, you yeah. can get in that way. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. but okay. So it's still kind of a key. It's yes, just, a, it it's, a, it's, it's just a verbal, but it's so, passed out on need. But do you just give that to anybody in the neighborhood? No, no, no. absolutely. Only not. people you trust. Yeah, correct. Well, in the same way, Jesus does that with these 12, yeah, right? Yeah. In fact, he used that terminology in Matthew 16 when he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. What you mm-hmm. loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What you yeah. bind on earth yeah. is bound in heaven. They held the keys. They were responsible for the New Testament writings we have. And, and so the veracity of the Bible is because we have I witness accounts Absolutely. of Mark, which is from Peter's perspective, Matthew, yeah. the apostle yeah. Matthew, John, the apostle John, Luke wrote from a variety of their perspectives right. as right. he interviewed them as a historian. And when we come back, we're going to look at why does that make what we believe our faith different from all other faiths? Mm-hmm. Because we have these were real stories, real people. And it's not just ideology or some, you know, idea. It's real. It really happens. So, but we got to go to our last break. You're listening to SWAT radio. We're talking about Mark chapter three and a Messiah who's in control. Stay with us and we'll be back with our last segment on SWAT radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT radio, the toll free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. 
Highway to Eternity Ministry serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the radio in St. Simons Island at 91.3. I've been held by Savior. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with Brian Andrew today. Brian is one of the leaders in the Mandarin SWAT group, and uh, he's no stranger to uh, SWAT Radio, so I'm glad to have him on uh, today. And we're talking about these apostles that Jesus selected from his disciples to be the special envoys. And when you think about Moses, Elijah, Peter, Paul, these were not men that were just really, really smart men. Right. Maybe Paul, but yeah. but for the other guys, they didn't just figure it out. No. God entrusted the message to them. He demonstrated yeah. it. Yeah. He lived it out. And and so God told them the truth and then sent them to tell others. Yeah. And 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 so and it was a process for them. It's a process for us. But he says in Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses. I'll show you who I am, and then you'll tell others who I am. You'll teach them to obey my commands, and mm-hmm. then they'll do the same, and on and on and on and on and go. And, and so what strikes me about that, Brian, is our eternal salvation and, and our peace with our creator isn't resting on a, um, a philosophy or an ideal. No. It is the direct intervention of God through Jesus, his son. Yes. He intervenes and we have an account. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that, you know, these things are of first importance. And he goes through, this is, you know, Jesus died, was resurrected. He appeared to 500 people. Our Christian faith is based on reality, not like uh, fiction. It's not based on a dream or an ideology. Uh, These things really happen to real people and it's recorded for us. And what's so crazy is, did you know that they didn't discover Nineveh until about the 1800s? Yes. And people doubted, they doubted if that was even real. And they called into question the account of Jonah and Uh they but but they discovered it in 1800s that, okay, it was real. Right, right. And, of course, Jonah had quite a hike to get there from the water, but the, we don't know where that water, that beach was. But that is even more because Jonah was, the, I think, the only prophet not sent to sent to a Gentile nation, right? Yes. And, and so 
when he showed up, he probably had bleached skin and looked and, and <laughs> anyway, but the response, the response, cause God prepared Jonah and Jonah was prepared. The response was boom, that they repented, right? Yes, they did. And so that was wonderful to see. And you know, as I look at these 12 too, I say, you know, even the night before the crucifixion, even the day before the, you know, resurrection, this still looks like a motley crew. It, mm. it, it begs the question in my mind, you know, like, wow, Jesus, did you really get the A team here? You know, because they sure look like the ordinary men, undereducated, and now that you're gone, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And with the Holy Spirit, as we see in Acts, bam, and and the life's lived as a reflection of them knowing the truth and how all of these men, you know, uh, led to the, their end, you know, a, as a witness for Christ. I mean, that's phenomenal. It, well, it is. And you know what's amazing? Um, just thinking about, you know, you were there with me at yes. Caesarea Maritime. Right. And you remember what uh, our God told us about um, the discovery of the name Pontius Pilate inscribed there in the 60s? Yeah. Until that was discovered, people doubted that that was true, that there was even a guy named Pontius Pilate. Wow. Okay. Nobody even believed that. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Um, There was one um, archaeologist that said that it can be categorically stated that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. Mm. In other words, yeah. um, uh, archaeology, the finds they have affirm the Bible. They don't right. deny the Bible. That's right. Isn't that interesting? That is. That is wonderful. Just what I wanted to hear. You know, and if we look at the night. Verse 19, right? Judas Iscariot. I read recently where somebody asked a Bible teacher, why did Jesus, you know, pick Judas Iscariot? And the Bible teacher flipped it around and he said, well, I don't know, which I think we can all, you know, say that honestly. He said, but I think the bigger question is, why did Jesus choose me? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that that powerful? Yeah, it is. And it's true. Why does he choose any of us right none of us deserve it well hey look up real quick first john one Mm -hmm. one through four Mm -hmm. first john this was written by the apostle john and it's really insightful because like i said our faith is tied into reality and when john is writing this epistle first john i this was one of the first books i read through Mm -hmm. of the bible uh, John MacArthur said, I remember uh, years, years and years ago, he said, you should read, uh, he read through it every, every a day. So I read this book every day for 30 days straight. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. The whole book is five chapters every yeah. day for 30 days. It's amazing when you hit about day 25, you start mm-hmm. seeing things. You go, wow, I didn't know that. I've, I've yeah. read it this many times. How did I not see that? Yeah. But anyway, read First John 1, 1 through 4. Okay. First John 1, 1 through 4. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, and what we have seen with our eyes, and what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. All right, just stop right there. What we've seen, what we've heard, what we've touched. Yep. Those yes. are all witness statements, right? Yes, yes. And so this is what he's saying. This is real. Keep going. Okay. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, 
which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Three times he says, we've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen it. It's eyewitness accounts. Go to John 20, the the gospel of John, John 20, verse 31. You may know it by heart already. Um, John 20, verse 31. It's a good verse to learn by heart. I, you know, um, it's because it says why, why all this was written. Yeah. Yeah. And so John 20 verse 31, this is the same apostle who just wrote that. And he's writing this gospel account of Jesus. And toward the end, he makes this statement in John 20 verse 31, Mm -hmm. read it. So Jesus said to them again, John 20, John 20, 31. Oh, 31. I was reading 21. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Obviously, if I had it memorized, <laughs> I would have done it sooner. Okay. Yeah, um, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So all this stuff was written. These eyewitness accounts, yeah. the Pauline epistles, everything was written so that we might believe. And so Jesus picks his 12, he sends them out. And you know what happens in verse 20? All these people are coming. He, he goes home uh, and all these people start crowd, crowding around him. He can't even eat. And his family heard about it. Yes. And they went to seize him. The word there, seize, is arrest. Yeah. And because they were saying he's out of his mind. Like a Baker Act intervention. Yes. By the way, if you're outside of Jacksonville, Baker Act is what they use. It's a term used to uh, commit somebody who's insane. They go arrest them and take them into custody to prevent them from hurting someone or themselves. And so so Jesus is a Messiah whose works confirmed his deity. We saw that on Monday. His word controls his revelation of who he is, and then his will chooses his disciples, but his ways confound his family these were the people that saw jesus for 30 years be fairly normal just very spiritually in tune right yeah i mean he was perfect he was perfect yes he was Uh he never lied never disappointed never did anything wrong yeah but it wasn't his time yet no 30 years so he didn't do any miracles and, and now he's doing these things, and they're hearing about it. They're not there. They just hear about it, and they make a decision to go and to seize him, to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And um, so what are the takeaways for me and you? By the way, I mean, uh, we usually, you can call. Uh, we, we've got a few minutes left, but 844-777-7928, 844-777-7928. But the takeaways from this week's study is this one. Do I really believe that Jesus is God? Yeah. And if so, how is that belief affecting my life? All right. It's not enough just to know it. Do I believe it? And if I believe it, how's it affecting? Here's another thing. 
God doesn't need any affirmation from a demon or a false teacher. So just because somebody talks about Jesus doesn't mean that they do so with his authority. That's very important. How do we authenticate whether they speak with his authority or not? Does it line up with his word? Are they lining up with the word of God? Yes. Third, God isn't looking for the smartest, most talented to be his messengers. It always cracks me up because people think, if oh, if only he would come to Christ. He has such a big platform. If only he, and I've done this. Mm-hmm. Boy, wouldn't it be great if he became a believer? Um, he calls those whose hearts are tender and they trust like little children. And he says,